Welcome to the Homeschool High School podcast, brought to you by SevenSistersHomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Vicki, and I am excited today to talk about something that we've been putting off for a while. We just haven't gotten around to getting it done because we've been procrastinating. And that's the topic of today is how to help teens handle the tendency to procrastinate. You know, putting things off, especially things you don't want to do, is a human thing. We, we all tend to do that. And sometimes for teens, because they have less experience in life, procrastination is one of the, the hardest things to conquer. And so if you have some tools that you can share with them, sometimes it just helps them to push through and learn how to develop the self-discipline of doing those things that cause them want to want to shut down. So let's talk about procrastination today. And, uh, and we'll just be real honest about it, really. I mean, we've made it through, you know, hundreds of podcast episodes and have never gotten around to doing this one yet. So anyway, so the first thing is, is teens need to know when they're procrastinating that it really is part of the human condition and that it's the, one of the parts of the human condition that we have to develop tools to conquer. So, you know, just like our part of the human condition is to be lazy. You know, we all would rather just do nothing if we could or just entertain ourselves all the time. But that doesn't make you happy in the end. And neither does procrastination. Like when you sit down and think it through with your teen, usually when they're procrastinating, they actually feel worse at the end of the day than they did at the beginning of the day. Because those things that need to get done just sit there in the back of your head, trying to be in denial, but they're eating at your consciousness, you know, so anxiety levels are going up. It's not helping anything. So first thing you want to ask and sit down and talk with your teen is whatever they're procrastinating about, you know, math lessons or research paper or cleaning up their bedrooms, whatever it is that they're procrastinating about. Is it really procrastination or is there something else going on? So for teens, let's say, you know, a common thing for teenagers is to experience bouts of anxiety or depressive episodes. And, and it's hard for teens because they have no experience with those kinds of things. But for a teen, you know, anxiety or depression can look like just sitting around like a lump, can't concentrate on anything, just feel blah or flat or miserable or hopeless. Um, you know, it doesn't have to look like they're crying all day. In fact, it often doesn't. It looks more like can't do anything. So, you know, if you ask them if it feels like they, they feel like they're almost like their body just feels like their arms are heavy and their legs are heavy and it's hard to move. Sometimes that is just um, a bout of depression or anxiety, like their hormones got off or there was a pandemic or there was a, a sadness or a tragedy, or they got in a fight with their best friend, you know, whatever is going on, it, it's messed with their hormones and their serotonin, their neurotransmitters, and, uh, and they, they feel bad. And when teens feel like that, they cannot focus on their work very successfully unless it's really easy. Um, but the hard things, the, the things that, that take a lot of concentration or they don't really like too much, the brain just, just cannot get the prefrontal cortex online well to do that. So if that's going on, what we want to do is, is have a discussion about it. 
And then maybe talk to the family doctor and say, hey, you know, what do we do with that? Can you connect us with a counselor? Let's do a few sessions um, and, you know, just see what, what your teens need on the, the let's be help and support side. So, you know, you guys know that I work as a counselor and I've worked with so many gazillion teens. And when they get a few tools for recognizing what's going on and managing that, they feel so much better. And then they have the energy to be successful at their schoolwork and the, the harder things in life. So that's one thing. Another thing is sometimes teens aren't really procrastinating, they're distracted, or that could be a nice way of saying is they're, they're addicted to notifications. I don't know any parents like that, do you? And, uh, you know, like they're, they're getting ready to start on something or they just started on something, but they keep getting these notifications. And so they have to check and see what's going on because there could be something going on. And so, you know, like that's, this is a, a universal problem here these days is there are always these notifications going on or like with us moms, too many tabs going up in, in the computer. So honest to goodness, if you could get your team, sit down and let's talk about that, you know, and say, let's turn off notifications during the school day. And I, I guarantee if they would put their phone in the drawer and have with the notifications off, so there's no sounds, no dings, and, uh, and they don't have that disrupting their thought patterns, what they'll find is they have more neural energy, more thinking power to do the things that are um, not so exciting, but they have to do them because it's part of high school education. So that's, that's one thing. Uh, sometimes they are distracted by something they're powerfully interested in. Like they would rather, um, you know, do some, some gaming or go, you know, bake a batch of cookies. And so the, the, the distractions of things they would really rather do are calling to them. And in those cases, then that's a, a discussion for, for self-discipline. Like those are great things to do. Those are great, wonderful things to do. You get to do them after four o'clock in the afternoon or in the evening or, or whatever. So you, you work on it together, come to an agreement on, you know, high school. Part of it is about learning some delayed gratification. That's a part of maturity. One of the definitions of maturity is the ability to, to delay gratification. And if you need to, you can pull up the old famous marshmallow um, experiment that they did at, at, I think it was the University of California many years ago, where they showed little children marshmallows. So they gave, set them down with some marshmallows and they, they said, you can have this marshmallow and you can have an extra one if you can wait for a minute while I go out of the room and grab something. And when I get back, if you didn't eat that marshmallow, I'll give you an extra one. And the children who could delay gratification, they got two marshmallows. But what they found is that, that children were, who were learning to be able to delay gratification kept building on that through life. And they were more successful at adulthood than a lot of the kids who, who just ate that marshmallow because it was sitting there asking for it. So the ability to wait, to game or to bake or to you know, do weightlifting or whatever they're really, really into um, until they had done the concrete necessary things for high school, that, that's a good life skill. All right, so those are things that may not actually be procrastination, but more distraction or depression or anxiety. So things like that. 
A lot of times, though, down a real procrastination is teens are, are feeling overwhelmed. They don't know where to start. So I'm going to give you the easiest tip that, that Sabrina ever gave our kids when she was teaching them about writing in co-op long ago. And they would complain about they just they just would be stuck in staring at a blank page. You know, they would just be they, their handwriting or a blank screen on the computer. And I'm just standing there staring at it, looking at it. I can't do anything. I'm stuck. And she would say, just close your eyes and scribble or type the letter R, 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 R over again. And once that page isn't blank anymore, then things start to happen. Like the, the, the words start to flow, but that the terror of the blank page or the blank screen tends to freeze young people. And uh, my, my kids would tell me, you know, hey, you know what, that it is really helpful. And I, so I have practiced that sometimes when there's something I really don't want to work on, taxes or something, I'll get a scribble, I'll get a scrap paper and scribble on that. And just the act of doing some kind of writing will, will help me to get started. It's, I, I'm sure there's a biological reason for that. But also then another thing that helps teens get over procrastination is knowing what to do next. Not kidding. So they've done research and they found that if, if people know what they're going to do the next day before they go to bed, they will be less likely to procrastinate the next day. So what I found is a lot of the, my millennial clients that I work with actually get a whiteboard and colored markers. And they write down every night at bedtime, uh, they write down what their tasks are for the next day. And they will do it either, you know, by hour, you know, so do a schedule or by priority, but they write it down. And for some reason, research shows that you're more likely to actually do those things than if you wake up in the morning and have to decide where to start. Or you wake up in the morning with just a sense of nebulous dread because you know there's something, but you can't remember what it is that you don't really want to do. So having it in a colorful form on a whiteboard or just jot, jot it down on a piece of paper, what you're going to do the next day really, really does help um, conquer some of the procrastination tendencies. Isn't that cool? I mean, it's kind of cute and creative and evidence-based research. So that helps. One thing that really helps teens overcome procrastination is to have an infrastructure on how to get things done. And so if you have teens who are using syllabi for some of their courses, what you can do is, is help them. You'll have to sit down and do this with them a few times, is sit down with the syllabi at the end of, at the beginning of the year and at the end of each time marking period, like halfway through the semester, at the end of the semester, and, um, and kind of review things. But you sit down with that syllabi and then you do some scheduling backwards. And I, I tell you, by experience, I tell you, when, when Sabrina taught me scheduling backwards many years ago, revolutionized my life. And I know that my kids have developed their own forms of this over the years as they have done that through college and, and on. Um, but this is what scheduling backwards is. So you look at the syllabus and you go, okay, these are the things that are due. This is a big paper. It is due on April 15th. All right, so I'm going to write paper due April 15th. 
and uh, actually get out a calendar and write it on a calendar and then back it up two weeks and write be X amount done on that paper and then back it up, you know, two weeks. So if they're using a, a syllabus, they will know where they're supposed to be in the paper on that syllabus, but putting it on a calendar helps them learn to schedule themselves and they can use that for their nightly planning session. It, it's a way of getting a semester organized because if you take all your syllabi and get everything on a calendar, then you've got a cohesive, I've got to work on these things these days. And it gives a big picture overview of the semester as you go. Does that, does that make sense? I mean, it's, it's revolutionary with teens who have a, a scheduler that they can use and they know what's coming along and they know when to work on things um, tend to do so much better at not procrastinating because they've got this neural infrastructure. So one, one time we, we were asking our local teens and some of the teens who um, have graduated then and gone on, you know, what are the, the electronic schedulers or other kinds of schedulers or calendars that help them get organized? Because different things work for different people. Some of them use Google calendars or Google Sheets. Um, there's a planner called the Homeschool Manual Manager that some have used. Some of the high schoolers even use Trello or the Todoist. Um, so that's, you know, those are things that have worked. Um, some of them just use the calendars and the reminders on their phone. That's easy enough. Um, some of the creative ones do bullet journals and uh, or you can use digital planners. Um, our friend um, Melanie Wilson from the Homeschool Sanity has some planners for moms that, that some teens have adapted for their own use. Plain old paper calendars will work just fine. And some teens really prefer those because it's just very concrete um, or journal style planners. You can make your own. We've got links I'll put in the website to ones that we know some of the teens have told us that they have used. So it's really a possibility. You can you can give teens these infrastructure tools. And what you will see is they tend to do less of the shutdown because they just don't know where to start. Then the next thing that a lot of teens need to overcome procrastination is, you know, we talk about this a lot, but a growth mindset. Like, I don't want to do this, or this is really intimidating me, but... I'm going to get it done and I'm going to feel better. It's that but that changes how the brain views a thing a teen doesn't want to do. You know, like, I don't like getting my taxes together. I, I don't like it. And every time I have to talk to myself, I don't like this. And if I stayed with that, I wouldn't get it done. I wouldn't. But I say, I don't like this but I'm gonna feel so much better when I hand this to the accountant that he gets it all figured out for me. Um, and that's, that's that, that, but I can do it. I can do, I'm gonna feel better. And making a positive prediction on the other side of that, but helps the smart part of the brain turn on. It is, it is so important for teens to learn that skill. Another thing that helps teens overcome procrastination, especially on subjects that they don't like. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not a big fan of math and some of my kids were not big fans of math. And, uh, and so 
if we had thought about it at the time, they might have been doing this sometimes, and I just didn't have a name for it then. But the, the hip name for, for um, this, uh, this skill is called pairing. And what you do is you take the thing you don't really like to do, and you pair it with something that won't distract you from doing it, but will help it along. So if you have like favorite music you like to listen to, put that on in the background while you do your math. And what that does is it teaches the brain it's not all bad. It's not all bad. It's not all bad. Um, you know, if you need a team needs a cup of coffee or um, some snacks to eat while they do it as rewards, you know, I'm going to do a problem and then I'm going to eat, um, you know, a cookie. Well, you might not want to keep that going forever, but sometimes to break a habit, it can help. But sometimes music is just enough because a lot of teens really like music. Um, or instead of pairing while you do it, you can reward when you're done. And, you know, that's just old fashioned parenting and psychology is, you know, when you get this done, you get to go do whatever for a half an hour. So you get your whole math lesson done, then you can go game for five minutes or 15 minutes or 20 minutes or something. Um, so you get a reward for doing it. And that really does help for something that you really don't like doing. Let's, you know, these are all things to sit down and talk to your teens about. Like they can, they can develop tools. And when they develop these tools to overcome procrastination as teens, they can carry those all the way into adulthood. And that is pretty cool. So got some food for thought. And we'd love to hear your ideas. What are some ways you've helped your teens overcome procrastination? Because your ideas matter and we want to know. And as we all share them together, uh, we all grow together. So hop over to the Seven Sisters Homeschool Facebook group and share those ideas because that will make everybody happy. All right. Well, this has been the Homeschool High School Podcast. Brought to you by 7sistershomeschool.com and the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. We'll see you next week.